Hello, this is H1, and we're about to be running it back with another episode. Yes, sir, we're about to be talking about chess wisdom, chess knowledge, chess understanding, and I'm glad to have you here today. Well, today, we are going to go over ways to better your chess. H1, how can you better your chess? Like, how? I've been trying for years. Is is there really like a secret formula to just increase your chess playing skills? Well, I can't tell you that there's a secret formula. This is not SpongeBob, okay? There's not just a secret formula where you can just get to it very easily or you can just pay for it. I guess you could pay for chess knowledge. Well, I guess you are. I, I don't know. I don't even know what you're doing. But anyway... Right here in this episode, I'm going to be going over ways where you can increase your skills rapidly, very fast. Doesn't mean that you're going to become a grandmaster overnight, but you are going to become a good chess player if you start doing these specific things, what I'm going to talk about in this episode. So please stay tuned with H1 and H1 will deliver in this episode on how to better your chest. Well, let me see what we got prepared today. Let me just give you some teasers for today. So first of all, I'm going to be talking about the top things that will help your chest. Um, secondly, we're just going to go over a list of things that can just help your chest, just like tactics, how to think in a game, um, how to actually do tactic puzzles, um, some other strategy principles that you can play in your game and how to specifically learn from other grandmaster games there's another um, there's another form of learning from grandmaster games instead of just looking at it you actually have to discern like each move that the grandmaster is playing so that's what we're going to be doing today hopefully you're excited because i am so let's get straight to it i will see you in the next segment. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, let's get down to business with some more chess knowledge. And what are we going to be talking about first? Because we're going to be getting down to business on every single segment. So I'm not going to keep on repeating that. But this is the it's going to be the first in the last time it maybe won't be the last time but anyway i'm gonna talk about this first because many people's gonna shy away from doing this and i'm just gonna get this over with and then we're gonna get to the rest of the things um, in the next few segments but anyway the best way to learn things quickly and to get better in your chess skills is by learning from your mistakes learning from the games that you already been playing and not from the bullet games or blitz games i mean learn play classical games and rapid games and learn from your mistakes learn what you do not know like for example if you played a game and you was winning in the middle game but you lost 
at the end game, then that means that you need to study more on the end game. And what specific position did you lose in that end game? Was it a rook end game? Was it a bishop versus knight end game? You need to dive right on in into the stuff that you do not know. So if you're playing games, if you're playing games like every single day or like once a week, a classical game, and then you're figuring out like what you've been doing wrong from your losses, then you're automatically going to learn very quickly there. One day you're just going to be like, oh, I already been through this. Oh, I know what to do now since I already looked at it. Now, this is the thing that gets into a lot of people way is that you make excuses. For example, you make excuses of, oh, that was I didn't see that. It was just a fork. I didn't see it's whatever. Or, oh, I just hanged that queen. It's whatever. It happens all the time. I just won't hang my queen the next time. But no, you need to stop it right there. You need to cut that out right now. Cut that out. Quote by H1 at the end of 2020, you need to cut that out because if if you just keep on making excuses, it's it's basically the snowball effect. You're just going to plateau one day and then your chest knowledge is just going to end because you keep on making excuses for yourself. And I know that our brains are wired that way to just keep on making excuses and just excuse after excuse. But you need to just just shut it down and just be like, instead of just thinking, oh, I just got into a simple fork think about what psychology what mindset was you thinking about what mentality was you thinking was you um so when you before you got into that fork was you thinking about your own plans or was you thinking about your opponent's plan because that's one of the principles too if once your opponent doesn't move don't just think about your plans think about your opponent's plans first So that's one key thing that you could have learned in that game, but you just like knock it off as, oh, I just got forked or, oh, I just hanged my queen. Like for that second example, what if you just hanged the queen? You can't just sum it up to, I was just playing bad chess. No, you got to figure out a way of how, if you just, if you're hanging pieces, you got to figure out a way to look at the whole board because you just can't keep on hanging pieces that's not right you can't keep on doing that so don't make excuses for yourself please don't and just 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 stay away from that because your knowledge is really just you're not going to succeed in doing that and there's much more ways you can make excuses there was was some more ways i know i used to make an excuse on oh i got into time trouble but then you got to go more deeper into it. Like, why did you go into time trouble? What was the purpose of you going into time trouble? And then once you go into that, I realized, oh, snap. I got into time trouble because I didn't know my opening right. And I spent more time in the opening than I did um, in the other parts. So I, I, I said, oh, snap, I need to practice more in the opening. So I have more time to finish out the game in the way that I need to that can happen too so just go more deeper into your mistakes and the deeper you go the more chess knowledge you will gain and the fast your progress will be Um, one other thing about that stop complaining on how unfair it was just recently i was in an online chess tournament my first game I mouse slipped and blundered a full queen. 
I could have quit the whole tournament. I could have been like, this is so unfair. I could have beat that guy. This is so depressing. But my lovely wife, you know what she did? She cooked me breakfast. She got me prepared for the tournament. And that stuff happened. But I couldn't be all mad because I had my daughter right beside me smiling at me. And then I had my breakfast. I got my egg sandwich and bacon sandwich. Yeah, it just it made me feel better. But anyway, you can't complain about how unfair it was and you there's nobody for you to talk to especially for something like that so if you didn't get enough sleep or if you're kind of sick or have a headache or if you um, mouse slipped like I did you can't complain about how unfair it was you got to stay positive and you got to just push through it many chess players do it you got to do the same okay another thing is (laughs) thoroughly Look over your loss and see what you could do better. Now, I know, I know personally that you want to show all your wins to your friends and family. It's exciting. You want to show your, you want to show your wins. You you want to, um, you want to impress people with your chess playing skills. But no, those aren't the important ones. Because usually when you look at your wins, you kind of, Just be like, oh, snap, I did some mistakes, but I still won the game, though. I I still got the dub. But that's why you have to look at your losses. You got to prioritize your losses than your wins, because you need to figure out why you lost the games that you lost instead of looking at your wins. Not saying that you shouldn't be praising your wins because you did get those wins. You, You should be proud of yourself. I would even go as far as getting you like a present for getting consecutive wins in a row but you won't learn as much from your wins than those painful losses and I know those painful losses you might be like dang it sucks to lose especially those losses where you was winning halfway through the game and then you did one mistake and it just flipped the whole board around and you wasn't winning anymore. Those are the losses that you should be diving straight in, straight deep into the waters, just figuring out why did I lose? What made me lose that game? Those are the losses. Um, another thing, usually people make this mistake of when they're looking at their um, games, um, maybe in a, a data in a database or somewhere on a a platform on a chess.com or a lead chess platform don't automatically look at the engine now i used to do this i used to browse through my games and losses and wins and i used to um, look through the engine first and i used to see what moves i could have done and then i'd be like man this is depressing Um, these are human moves and now since I know it I can't think of any other moves so when you start depending on a chess engine for things then you're going to start depending on the chess engine for your real games and then you're going to start second guessing yourself because you're like I don't know if I'm winning this game or not I don't know what's going on this game is so hard to play ah but no you got to stop yourself and be thinking how can I know with my human brain that I'm winning this game. How can I improve myself? Not with the chess engine. So this is what I. So the next time you're looking at your losses, this is what I need you to do. I need you to cut off the chess engine first, and then I need you by yourself for yourself 
figure out why you lost that game the reason of why you lost that game and i want you to find your bad moves in that game and figure out what you could have done better in those games by yourself and it's a hard task because it might you might be tempted just to look at the chess engine but you figuring out why you lost and what better move you could have done um is how you progress in your chess knowledge don't be don't depend on that on these ais i know every chess platform does but don't depend on them i'm not saying don't look at the chess engine um once you like figure out why you lost and the moves that got you into that losing position look at the chess engine and just figure out if your um if your calculation was right on what was the best move so just make sure um that you don't look at the chess engine first but figure it out yourself because that's the most important thing for you to do figuring out stuff for yourself and do not look at the answers so once you figure out things for yourself it's going to be like little exercises for you it's actually going to be like little puzzles for you just figuring out all your mistakes and what you've been doing and what you could have did better so that when you get into those positions the next time around you're going to be like a master you're going to be like oh snap i just went over this this is the exact same game i played the other day and i'm just going to just be playing it just like i'm the i'm a master or something so that's what you need to do that's what you need to do so let me just repeat those right quick first of all no excuses when you're learning from your mistakes no complaining thoroughly look over your losses more than your wins so that you can get better quickly do not look at the engine automatically figure it out for yourself on why you lost and not just on the board but it can be a mental issue too of how you're thinking during a chess game okay This is the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the joke of today is Today I was playing chess and blundered a major piece. What a rookie mistake. <laughs> so funny. Let's get back to the segment. So, we're here on the next segment. And you might be thinking, H1, what's some more ideas for me to learn so that I can get better at chess? Because the last time we just, for the last segment, we just talked about learning from your mistakes. So, what's next? What's next from learning from your mistakes? Well, there's this thing that grandmasters do all the time. All the time. Every move. Even with intuition they do this just automatically and that is having a good thought process no matter what they have a good thought process they go through the same list of stuff every single time and it's a good habit to get into because when you're playing bullet blitz rapid 
If you still have the same thought process, you will continue making good moves, even when the game is very difficult. Okay. So what is this thought process that grandmasters have? What is the thought process that better players have when they're playing a chess game and they find these awesome combinations and tactics and strategies? What what do they think about? What is, what, what is it? What's the secret? What's the secret, H1? This is why I'm listening to you. What is the secret? Well, the secret is this. So the first thing um, when your opponent doesn't move that you should be thinking about is what is your opponent's threat? You cannot ignore this fact. Okay. So when your opponent doesn't move, think about, okay, what is he threatening or she, what is, what, what are they threatening? What is something um, that they, what is their next plan? What is their next ideas? What could they do to disrupt what I'm doing? So once you think about it like that, once you get that out the way and your opponent has no plans, then you have to think, okay, now the next question is, what are my strategic goals? What what am I trying to do? What are my threats? What are my checks, my captures? Look, see, so see how that works? First of all, you should be thinking about your opponent because your opponent is very, they have a mind too. They have a brain too. So you can't just ignore whatever they're doing. So once you think about them in a serious note and you think about this, oh yeah, one thing too, just because your opponent is not as strong as you does not mean not to go by this thought process so if you're facing your younger brother or you're facing somebody that's a beginner at chess you can't just stop it you you can't stop this thought process then your brain then your brain's going to get messed up if you keep on doing it then it's going to become a habit and that's what you need it to be just a hard habit that you always do you want it to be muscle memory so the first thing, what is your opponent's threat? The second thing is, what are my checks, captures, and threats? What are my forcing moves? And what are my tactics? And if I have any, if I don't have any tactics, what is my strategic goals? What is my um, opportunities? Now, there's two more things to go over after you check these things, because you can't just do a move after that. But you have to put the work in. And by putting the work in, I mean you have to start calculating. What are the best moves in this position now? Since I know my st- since I should know my strategic goal now or my threats of what I'm trying to do. Because every position there are chess principles that you have to um, that you have to know to get through the game. So you have to calculate, okay, what is my Um, best move in this position and then after you try to find your best move you find other best moves because in chess it's not that simple it's you're not just going to find the best move automatically it's it doesn't come about that way in chess so you have to at least find about four good moves usually four is a good number or five um, if there's really no tactics, if there's really no checks, threats, and captures, then it's really hard to do it. But you need to find four good moves, at least, in the game. And then once you find those good moves, you do that move in your head. And then you consider your opponent's moves after you do that move. 
So you have to start to calculate some moves ahead to see not only your best moves, but your opponent's best moves too. And that's when chess gets a little bit harder when you're calculating because our human minds, we we have to exercise that um, that muscle to calculate, to visualize things in our head. That's why the last episode that I had on this podcast was visualization training because um, visualizing in a chess game is really important, especially in the classical games where you have to find the secrets of the position and you have to calculate because whatever you don't calculate, then your opponent might have calculated that line and it might be the best line for them. You can't just be going into things blindly. So you have to calculate it. You have to know um, the every inch and corner of the position and the best things that you can do. So what's the last thing? Since that is the hardest thing, you, you might just think, okay, after I calculate my position and find the best variation for me to go to, then I should just do that move, right? Whatever I think is the best move, I should just do it after I, I just go through this hard calculation, H1. What's going on? Well, one important thing to do, especially beginners who are calculating, and I know this might be hard and bullet and blitz, and I really don't suggest if you're really getting serious into chess to start out with bullet and blitz because of this reason, but it's really good for your fourth step to double check what you have already did. You got to double check. You got to blunder check it. So if you calculate something, you got to check it again and make sure that you're not missing any of your opponent's major threats through your calculation. Because the worst thing that you do not want to happen is that you calculate this long variation, this long variation that's you've been thinking about. And it's like, oh, snap. Okay, Um, I think I got it now. And then you play the move, right? And you're just super confident. You're just um, spewing confidence on the chessboard. And your opponent's looking at you like, oh, okay. And then you play the moves. You play like a couple moves. And then you realize, oh, snap. I didn't, I didn't see that that was an option. And that option that you didn't see was that fork right around the corner that fork that was attacking your queen and your king and now you're losing a queen think of think about that you you know how sad that would be if that actually happened that you worked so hard to calculate something that didn't work so that's why blunder checking is a really good idea and i said that experience from my own personal experience Um, So you need to just make sure that you're doing everything accurately and correctly. And so those are the four things that you need to do um, during your thought process. And I can talk about this a lot. And I'm probably going to save it for another episode because then there's questions of when should I go through this thought process? Should I just do it every single move? which I do not agree with doing this thought process every single move, that would become very um, redundant, you know? That would become... Is that the right word to use for that? 
it, that would become super repetitive, especially when we, you don't need to do it in the beginning if white just does E4 because there's too many possibilities. You do this thought process when it's... Look, see, I'm getting into it. I might as well just say it. You do this thought process when it's um, lesser possibilities and usually that becomes... Oh, usually it becomes lesser possibilities in the middle game and in the end game. So... Yeah, that's when you're supposed to use the thought process. But I can I can talk about this a lot. It is it's pretty crazy. So let me review what I just covered. So it's a it's a four step process. It's a four step process. And the first one was what is your opponent's threat? The second one is what are my checks, captures, and threats? What are my forcing moves? And so basically you're looking for tactics. And if you don't have any tactics, then what are my uh, st- what is my um, strategic goals? What am I supposed to do strategically? The third step is to use calculation, find the four best moves in a position, and then calculate if I do this, then that. So treat it like a um, Treat it like science, like treat it like a hypothesis. Then if I do this, then that. If you treat it like that, then your chest knowledge and your chest brain will um, recalibrate to playing chess games a lot differently. And the fourth step is to blunder check. Double check your work always. If you, let's say you had an essay to turn in in high school you remember those days when you had to turn in homework right or if you're doing a math test you have to blunder check you you got to check it again because what if you got one of the problems wrong or if you was turning in an essay what if you got one of the the grammars wrong the same thing applies to to chess that it, it, it that it applies to that example that i just said So hopefully this helped and let's just move on to the next segment of how you can better your chest even more. Okay, we're back. We're back here at H1. And the next thing that we're going to be talking about with H1 is tactics and strategies. I have mentioned these things for a while because they are the main things that um, that contributes to chess positions. Without tactics, there's no strategies. Without strategies, there there's no tactics they go hand in hand they they're kind of like peanut butter and jelly it's kind of like uh, what's some what's some other comparisons like it's like a ref- it's like a uh, a fridge with a freezer you know what i mean it's like bread and butter it's it's like a what's i'm trying to get some other ones man it's, what i'm trying to say is that you need the the proper knowledge uh, in both tactics and strategies you need both you can't just have one without the other so let me explain what these are separately strategy because they're like the opposites of each other so okay strategies 
um, helps evaluate long-term plans with chess positions. And then tactics helps with short-term threats or instant advantages. Okay. Strategy helps evaluate long-term plans with chess positions. And tactics helps with short-term threats or instant advantages. So you, you might see what I mean when I say they go hand in hand. You need both of them. Because I think in my last episode that I just had, in probably a few episodes down the line, but I said that strategy leads to tactics. What do I mean by that? That strategy leads to tactics. By that, by that definition that I just gave you, you need to have the strategy to get into the positions that you want. And then after you get into the positions that you want that are favorable for you, then you need to know how to take that opportunity to do a tactic to make an instant advantage. So the, the, the strategy leads to like stre- leads to threats, okay? Um, tactics you need to notice the opportunities and to notice the opportunities you have to do more tactic puzzles most people can do so many tactic puzzles just 50,000 tactic puzzles and just they can just grind out tactic puzzles day in day out and I know students that just do tactic puzzles and that's all that they do is just do tactic puzzles and nothing else. And then they wonder why, hey, why am I not growing? I've been doing tactic puzzles all day this whole week. And then I go to this tournament and there's no there's I, I don't have any result. I know all these tactics, but I don't get into these positions that these tactic puzzles give me. And the reason why is that you don't have the strategy You have to have the strategy to get to the positions of those tactic puzzles. So a way that you should be trying to better your chess is by not doing tactic puzzles aimlessly. So this is what tactic puzzles are for. To help you calculate, to notice um, patterns in a chess game, and to notice ideas and learn ideas and patterns to... you need those to learn ideas and patterns to improve. So this is a number one tip to give you when you're doing tactic puzzles, especially if you're like under 1600 ELO, maybe is to look at a tactic puzzle. Try to do it for at least like 30 seconds. And then if you can't figure out in that 30 seconds, then hit the try to get the solution because if you don't get it the first time then you won't get it at all usually tactics under 1600 you will not be if you don't get it the first time you will not get it Um. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, this is the waiting room segment. Chess History by H1. And today, we are talking about Hikaru Nakamura. Hikaru Nakamura was born in December 9th, 1987 in Japan. Hikaru Nakamura beat his first international master at the age of 10 and became the youngest American to beat an international master. Hikaru Nakamura became a grandmaster in 2003 at the age of 15. His FIDE rating currently is 27.36 December 2020. His peak rating was 28.16 October 2015. <laughs> Man, that last recording, uh, that last recording ended kind of abruptly you know why it ended abruptly because at the end of when i was saying and i was going on some long deep conversation about doing tactic puzzles my computer wanted to shut down at the end like why did it want to shut out shut down at the end i do not know why but i guess i just have to continue right now from that conversation so i was going to explain not to do it in a different segment but I was going to explain how strategy leads to tactics and how to get to that point of um, getting that opportunity in those tactic puzzles. So let's start. First of all, with strategy, there's a lot of, of different things that you have to learn, which is temporary advantages and permanent advantages. Okay. And there's a whole list of temporary advantages and a whole list of um, permanent advantages. Where can you find them? Well, you can go on YouTube videos or Wikipedia on Google, and then you can just find out um, the advantages for temporary and permanent uh, on the chess positions. Another thing for tactics, how to get to those tactic positions, how you can get those winning positions is to learn about pawn structures. Sometimes there's not an immediate winning position. Sometimes you just have a strategic advantage. Maybe you have an extra pawn or you have two pawns all the way on the queen side against one pawn. And if you just trade all the pieces, then you already have a winning advantage. The pawn structures can lead can lead you to the future and it can determine if you need to trade pieces or uh, if you don't need to trade pieces, if you just need to stay away from trading pieces. Now, every pawn structure has different um uh, pawn, certain pawn structures have different weaknesses 
and certain pawn structures have different strengths. So if you already know what protected pass pawns are and um, how that's a strength and how to use that to your advantage, then you're already on the right track. If you know how you can go against double pass pawns, I mean, double um, isolated pawns, and you know why that's a weakness, you're already on the right track of gaining strategy. Another thing is, um, I think if you want to hear more about strategy concepts, you can go back to the chess principles um, episode that I talked a lot about different chess principles that will help you on this um, strategy journey learning how to use strategy in your chess games because i mentioned that i think one of the chess principles i mentioned in that episode is that um, two bishops is better than two knights so if you have two bishops in the end games in the end game and you're against two knights you have a winning position you you can like conquer more squares than two knights because bishops are long range pieces and knights are just um, clumsy and they jump but they can't take um, over more than eight squares so having two bishops and you can control the dark squares and the light squares you automatically have the advantage now if you got one bishop then it's not as good as having two bishops because when you have that one bishop you can't control both squares you can either control the light squares or the dark squares now, another thing with strategy is you need to learn the cooperation of pieces. For example, I, do you know that the queen and knight combination is better than the queen and bishop combination? And the reason why that is true? Do you know the reason why that is true? Well, H1 can tell you the reason why that is true because the queen knight then since you have the knight rather than the bishop you can control more squares with the knight that the queen can control okay usually with the bishop and queen they're conquering the same amount of squares which can be good in some positions but the queen and knight flows a lot better you can do a lot more tactic combinations with the queen and knight so now if you get in that position now you know hey i got a good cooperation and and that's the same with um, um, different pieces, too. You got to learn the cooperation and advantages of different pieces. Like the Rook Knight, is that an advantage or not? Who knows? Um, does the Bishop Rook work better than the Rook Knight? Or how can I um, defeat the, the Rook with my Knight-Bishop combination? Things like that is good to know with strategy. Because once you know those little things, you're going to get those opportunities in those tactics. Okay. And one other thing that deals with strategy that is very important is when you're doing opening moves, don't don't memorize the opening moves. Don't memorize variations after variations, because you know what's going to happen after the end of the variation that you just memorize all night. And you're like, OK, I'm in this position. Um, um Okay, I, I'm deep in this position, 20 moves, and I know that I'm supposed to be winning here. What am I supposed to do next? That's, that's the position that you're going to be in. Because you didn't learn the ideas. You just memorized all the moves. There, which you got you to gotta know the ideas behind the moves that you are displaying. Because what if you got in that position? What if you got in that position where you knew that um, you knew that it's winning on the board 
He knew that the position was winning on the board. What would you do? Well, you have to depend on your own brain, your own guidance, your own chess principles. Everything that you learned, you have to depend on yourself now. You can't depend on the computer or other grandmasters. You just got yourself. So don't memorize openings. Learn ideas. Please, please, please do that. Like I'm going to say again, chess is like a Rubik's Cube. You got to learn the algorithms. You got to learn the patterns. Because you know who knows the patterns a lot? Who who makes it muscle memory? is the grandmasters. That's why they play so much better than those who are below 2,000 or 1,600. They know the patterns more than those players. They know the algorithms. They remember the algorithms more than those players. They know every sort of checkmate they on the board that can happen. And they can tell you it just by memory. And that's a big advantage for that person to have. Especially if you're facing a grandmaster. Just just look up games on YouTube. Um, who, Who's on YouTube right now? Is my mic too loud? Who's on YouTube right now? Um... There's uh, Hikaru Nakamura. There's Hikaru Nakamura. He's on YouTube. You can see just based on his games how much he thinks and how many patterns he knows. There's there's um Gotham Chess. There's Anna Rudolph. Um, uh, there's the St. Louis Chess Club. There's so many grandmasters that can that can demonstrate this and that chess is all of is mostly about knowing these patterns by heart. And grandmasters, they just know it, especially when you um, see Magnus Carlsen games up front and they're uh, both grandmasters are in a position. They're facing each other left and right and they're doing moves and they're at the end game. Basically, it's a battle on who has the better strategy, who knows their patterns right. Or let's say you got into an end game and you have to do the knight bishop checkmate. Can you do the knight bishop checkmate in under, let's say, 20 seconds? Let me make it easier. Can you do the knight bishop checkmate in under 45 seconds? Is that possible? And those are the things that will help your chess knowledge tremendously just by knowing these different patterns. I promise you as H1, you got to press on with this. Okay? And I just based on my experience of learning how to play chess and just being in the right mindset, knowing these things will help you. Okay. I, I promise. I promise. One other thing before we go to the next segment uh, about strategy is to learn your end games. Um, I guess that goes on the point of the Knight Bishop checkmate. Learning your end games will help you um, learn how to operate each piece and learn how each piece contributes to the to the chess game and then when you're moving um, chess pieces in a chess game and you're doing chess moves you're confident you're confident on the operation of each piece how you're supposed to display them how you're supposed to use them as effectively um, effectively as possible because that's the point is knowing the activity how to activate each piece on the chessboard so that's all that i have for this segment let's get to the next one right quick thanks for staying tuned if you ever if you got this far
thank you thank you for being with h1 h1 you have reached h1's heart i promise you have you know you know you in the car you <laughs> okay okay let me let me quit let me quit <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is the waiting room segment. Chess quotes by H1. And the quote of today is, Just because it's 2020 does not mean you cannot read a chess book. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. So, I'm going to make this short and sweet, and this is going to be the, the fourth thing that, I, that I'm going to talk about. Let's just review the other things that I just went over. First of all, I went over um, one of the things that will um, help your chest tremendously is learning from your mistakes. The second thing I went over is your thought process when you're playing chess games. The third thing I went over is tactics, how to do tactic puzzles. Um, learning the difference between strategy and tactics and then more and then the next segment after that I went into more um, strategy stuff to know like um, don't memorize um, openings and learn from your end games so what's next and this might be crucial if you want to learn fast if you're if you're at a time limit this is this isn't a marathon. Let's say it's not a marathon and you're trying to just do a, a sprint, right? This is the best way for you to learn how to play chess like a grandmaster. Maybe I should call this title now. Nah, that that'll be that'll be misleading. I I will do an episode on that. Even though I'm not a grandmaster. I mean, I'm I'm just a, a expert at chess. A, a chess master, okay? But one thing for you to know to become really skilled and really good at chess is to learn from other grandmaster games now you might be thinking that's not very creative h1 did you just have an episode about being creative watch watch the episode first of all about being creative because i was really when i did that episode let me just tell you h1 is really excited to put that one out there and second of all i want to say that you learn from grandmasters so that you can stem off of their creativity. You don't. So this is what you don't want to do. Um, grandmasters have already played the variations that you're about to play. Grandmasters back in the day have already did everything that you're doing. The learning process. They paved the way for you for 2020 people. So if you don't take their techniques and ideas already, and just make it your own, I w- that would be really appreciated. If those grandmasters came back from back in the day, Paul Murphy and Bobby Fisher, they would be like, please, please, we played the game. I played that opening before. Have you not seen that game? And you'd be like, no, I'm just trying to be creative myself. And then that would be disrespectful. So 
this is what you need to do. You need to learn from other grandmasters. You need to see what techniques and ideas that they was doing and put them together with your ideas. You need to see what what mindset was they in? What 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 was they thinking? Like when when they did that move. And this is the thing about those grandmasters game back in the day is that they didn't have chess engines. They did it just by books and other games. They don't have chess engines to, back in the day to tell you which move was right. So they did it by their normal thought process, which makes it more fascinating that they were able to play um, um, grandmaster games without the knowledge of these stinking computers, these AIs that like Stockfish and Alpha Zero that treats chess like it's so easy when to the human mind it's not it's super complicated so you you take techniques and ideas from um, past grandmasters okay see what mindset that they was in when they was playing that game and see what opening ideas that they did back then and make sure that their open ideas are still valid in in modern day because they didn't have computers back then so you don't want to be doing some opening that that's not um, playable anymore. Okay. Um, so, so that's that's a good thing for you to know. And then after you figure out those grandmaster games, after you you research everything about it, and you see what those grandmasters could have did better, and and guess what moves they they did in those games, and guess what um, opportunities they took, because you don't want to just skim through the grandmasters game you don't you don't want to do that because you're not learning anything and i can tell you from proof that if you just skim through it very fast you're not going to learn anything if you're not meditating on that game and just figuring out oh what was they thinking how can i put that in my game how can i benefit from this and then once you do all these combinations in one and once you follow everything I've been talking about in this episode, if let me let me repeat it one more time. So first, I talked about um, learning from your mistakes, the thought process, tactics and strategies, um, more strategies, um, learning from your learn from end game positions and stuff like that. Once you do all these in one, then this is the most crucial thing possible because you cannot just read books. You cannot just read books for like months on end and think that you're going to be a grandmaster. <laughs> That's not how it works. You can't just learn. You can't just receive it. Okay. So you need the actual experience of actually playing a chess game. You need to be put in those um, positions to um, to see what holes that you have in your mind um, you need to see those weaknesses that you have and not only have experience playing chess games because you don't want to play just a whole lot of bullet games if you're trying to increase your chess games faster you don't want to play a whole bunch of bullet games you don't want to play blitz games that is not the way to uh, increase your chess games super fast the way to increase your chess game super fast is to play those longer classical games and i know what you might be thinking how am I supposed to do that, H1? I have a kid, or I have a spouse, or I work two jobs. It's, it's always something. And I I understand you. 
I work a 12 shift. I have a kid. I got I'm married. Okay. I, so I understand. And all I do for the weekend is just clean up the house. And then after the weekend is done, that Monday morning, I'm back to work. 12 hour shift, baby, because that's how H1 do it. But if you're serious about chess, you can find the time. Maybe it's that Netflix series that you can put off. You, you got to weigh your options out, right? If you're just trying to play chess for fun, then if you, okay. So if you really do not have time, the best time control that you can do is rapid, which is 10 minutes, okay? 10 minutes on each side. So that's 20 minutes, 20 minutes out of your day just to play one game. That would be enough if you really don't have time. But if you do have time, if you do have some hours to spare, then play some classical games, play some 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Usually, now that I'm thinking about it, I I tried to play a classical game not too long ago, like a 30-minute game. Not, not, not too many people play those type of games on online chess. But anyway, if you can find a game like that, that would be that would be dope. That would be pretty cool. Um, and I guess there, um, if you wanna, if you really don't have time, I guess you could play correspondence chess without using the engine at all. And correspondence chess is you can do a move per day or a move um, per three days, and that's correspondence chess that you can do on Chess.com or Lee Chess or any other chess platform. I think there's even an app that's called Chess with Friends that you can do that. You can just play a move every three days and that will help your chess too. And then once you finish that game, you can actually be like, dang, so that's the things that I did wrong. That would help your chess tremendously playing longer games because playing longer games will improve your chess a lot more and help see your deep rooted weaknesses that's and that's the goal that's what we want to do you want to dig out those weaknesses and you want to expose them and then once you expose those weaknesses once you expose them then you need to get rid of rid of them or make it less you need to break it apart and smash it and don't do it ever again so experience playing chess games over the board and online will help usually having even having more experience playing chess will offset most of these things but if you do all these at once i will i can promise you that your chess will um, be great you know it, it would be awesome it would actually be more than awesome it, it would be it'll be pretty sick does anybody use the word sick anymore it'll be fire it'll, it'll be fetty fetty what I, I don't know okay let's let's continue When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hey, it's H1. What's up? And I just want to say thanks for listening. I appreciate all of you, all of you. And, and you, you know, I appreciate um, all of you who listens and text me um, on Instagram and join my Facebook group. I, I appreciate all of you that, that has been there for me. Okay. And especially those people that has been there since the first season. Give a shout out to them. If you could give a round of applause right now, give a little round of applause right now. Okay, I was clapping. If you're driving, please do not clap. I do not want to be reliable. I do not want to be the last person you was listening to. Don't put that. Don't put that pressure on me. But anyway, you are. um, uh, If you like this content, what was I going to say? You were. Oh, y'all, y'all are like family, and yeah, I just appreciate y'all. But anyway, um, if you like this content, please give it your and give it a good rating. Share it with your friends and family. And if you have any questions, please message me on Instagram and Facebook. I I'll respond. I will respond to you. I'm pretty sure. And you know what? I want to welcome you back. Welcome you back. <laughs> for another episode okay so that we can run it back with some more chess knowledge some more chess knowledge some more chess wisdom chess understanding your boy your boy is here and please please stay tuned for my patreon which is coming out i got the date i got the deadline it's coming out i'm pretty sure if you, if you want to support a brother it's coming out I'm, I'm super excited next year January, not not mid next year, January 15th. If you didn't hear that, let me let me explain right quick. January 15th. Um, what, what time zone am I in? Man, I don't know too much about that stuff, but this this was gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I launch around 10 a.m. Whatever time zone I'm in. I'm going to make sure I launch around 10 a.m. And it's going to definitely be January 15th. So stay tuned. I'm going to be um, introducing that pretty soon. And thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you got this far. Peace.